Welcome to the 48th episode of the Real Life Diabetes Podcast with today's guest, Christina Crowder, clinical dietitian in pediatric endocrinology. It's a bumper when I'm Jones and it comes in handy. Tell me, sugar mama, what's your A1C? Are you into endocrinology? This is the Real Life Diabetes Podcast, where we push the limits of diabetes possibilities by showcasing people who live their own authentic, creative life, and also those people who support people who live their own absolutely creative, authentic life. Which brought us Christina Crowder today. Somebody, in a unique scenario. In a unique scenario. Here down from Tulsa. She's visiting. Um, Tulsa's about an hour and a half drive. And she came down to join the show. Amber joined us halfway through the show. Surprised to see her in person, as I thought we were dialing in. Uh, we had no idea, but it was nice to meet her in person. It's always better. It's better we're one-on-one, for sure. Yeah, even as a surprise. Yeah. It's still better. Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> but it was great. So obviously Amber did not know Christina before the show, but I did, because we met at Camp Blue Hawk. Yeah, yeah. A few weeks back, earlier in the summer, where we were both on the medical staff. Christina's role was a little bit different than mine. She was actually... Um, a basically like a co-leader for mm-hmm. a medical cabin. So she 12, was in charge. 12 boys. 12 boys. All on pumps. No, all 12 on. year old boys. How many kids were there? Um, I think there were probably like 10. Still. 10 or so per cabin. Keeping all of them had pumps. Alive. So she went in from being clinical dietitian. She deals with diabetes every day. She does new trainings for parents. Right. And then she was thrown straight into the everyday fire. So we talk a lot about that. We also talk about her general perspectives mm-hmm. on good habits that parents have. Mm-hmm. Which, so this, this this is definitely a parenting episode. And good language. Sure. And, good and language. I, I mean, as we talk about the good and the bad blood sugars, or can I eat that? She really dives into what is her, I'm going to say, not, not all CDEs might be like that. She's just really open-minded, and I loved it. Yeah, really open-minded. Uh, she's forward-thinking. And she's one. She's a person that has food as a part of her own story. Yeah. She's felt the power that nutrition uh, can have on somebody living their healthy life. She also talks about that pretty extensively too. So we go into a lot of different topics. I think it'll be an enjoyable show for everybody. But before we start the show, we, I mean, can we? Do you want to just go to the show? No, no, no. no we got. We got it. Oh no! I'm like, way. Are you serious? What was I even talking about? Yeah, we got to go to the announcements. You got announcements. announcements. Okay. First, it's fall, which means one thing. Pumpkin spice candles and football. And pumpkin spice footballs and lattes. And maybe even are some pumpkin eating spice spi- are, Do you really have pumpkin spice lattes? Do you eat, drink them? Oh, I love pumpkin spice lattes. That's funny. It's the first yeah, I've ever heard that. Yeah, they're incredible. Um, but. A bit of a bullet sugar fiasco. But, oh, I bet. Um, but it's worth it's just it's one time of the year. It's a good time. So, but if you're yeah. interested in buying everything pumpkin spice for your life, please use our Amazon link. Absolutely. Which, um, yeah, it's on the right-hand side of our homepage, diabetesdailygrind.com. Um, and when you click on it, be sure to bookmark it because then it'll just bring it back every time that you go to shop. And it throws a little change our way to keep the episodes coming. It helps. In addition, if you would like to support the show and you don't want to buy you know, thousands of dollars worth of Amazon every month, <laughs> what you could do is send us a donation directly through PayPal. We're talking on the order of like $5, $10. It directly supports the show. Um, we have expenses that range from $5 to a thousands couple hundred. Of dollars. I mean, so, depending on the time you really, it, and it doesn't $5 matter. is valuable for us. So if you have it, PayPal is in the show notes page. We'd really appreciate it. We would definitely appreciate it. What else do we have? Happy um, hour. Oh, yeah. We just hosted a really fun happy hour. And it was one of our few all ages. And what did we say? 40-ish people? Mm-hmm. So we are glad that that is spreading. And it's really nice to sit in the same room with a bunch of people who get it. And you could have dinner. We had a cocktail. We talked to parents. I mean, it was great. It was a great time. Clayton McCook was there. Yeah. Kim Boaz Wilson was there. Mark Carter was there. Kelly Keever. Kelly McKeever was there. So, I mean, it was a ton of podcast guests, and what, one of the coolest aspects of the night was looking around, seeing the adults talking, like parents conversing, throwing yeah. some ideas around, and then the kids over in the corner talking about their pumps, playing Connect Four. Oh, and there was like, even inside a, the bar. It was it was a great time. We, it was we had a, fun. We had met a cute little kid. His name is Tate. Recently, and um, this was at Kim Boaz's party, and 
this little kid is just the cutest thing ever. Anywho, when he got there before any of the other kids, and there was probably seven or eight of us adults, all with type one, I looked at him and I said, look at all the people in this room. Every single one of us have diabetes like you do. And he was like, whoa. Whoa. Yeah. So, anywho, bringing people together like that makes our heart really happy. One of the other kids convinced me to possibly try a Dexcom later on. Or not a Dexcom, an Omnipod. Oh, yeah. Yeah, at some point. Oh, yeah. yeah. Great times. Can't wait for the next one. We're planning to do the next one sometime probably in the middle of October. So keep an eye on Maybe our Facebook page. Maybe even Halloween page. themed. Oh, gosh. I'm over Halloween. You love Anywho, Halloween. I love Halloween. But uh, keep an eye on our Facebook page and our website because we'll be sure to post that we'll um, on social media. What else? With that? I think that's it. We're ready to go into the show. All right. Big thanks to Christina for driving down the turnpike to join us for the show. And uh, with that, let's get into number 48. Let's do it. Yes, I'm alive. I'm alive. One minor inconvenience. A little thing called diabetes. Hey, glad you made it down from Tulsa, Christina. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. Super excited to be on the podcast. Absolutely. I know. How long has it been now since we were at... Camp Blue Hawk. Gosh, a month? Two months? God, it feels like it's been a long time, but yeah. really, I think it's only been about a month. Okay, okay. It, it was an intense five days. I loved it. So. I go back in a heartbeat. I would too. I can't wait. I can't yep. wait. And we only have to wait, what is it? It's like nine months now. Yeah, because it comes a month earlier this year. Yeah, comes a month earlier. Uh, we're mixing up the camp location, so yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm pumped. All pluses. Yeah. Are you coming back next year? I'll be back. Love it. Oh, I'll be back. I Great. can't wait. Whenever they were talking about how camp was, you know, switching locales, but they're moving up two months, I was like, yes. Because that means I, I don't have to miss it because of residency. Oh, okay. Because I'll still be there. It'll be before I take off. Oh, good. So I'll, okay. I'll be around. Yeah, oh, that's what I was wondering. Do you start August, we July? Start, it's, it's a loose starting date depending <laughs> on the program. Some okay. start in mid-June, some start July 1st. Okay. Most places start July 1st. Perfect. So plenty of time for camp. Good. Okay. So you went to camp. Was this your first? It was my first. Camp? My first camp first camp and like camp camp in a long time did you go to camp as a kid um a few times church camp so it was quite the shock when we sat in the staff meeting and um our medical director kind of one of our main endos dr jelly was like all right camp this year who's going <laughs> and me being the newcomer everyone looks at me and is like christina <laughs> and i was like they have no clue they have no clue that i am not a camp person mm-hmm. i don't camp outside don't sleep in tents no <laughs> no <laughs> no and it was great i mean i loved it and so looking back now you know he's like how was it and i just i mean i had a blast had a blast yeah it you know to give everybody a little bit of background so ou is the sponsor for this mm-hmm. particular camp camp blue hawk yep. they put it on it's ou physicians it's ou cdes it's ou nurses it's the ou group yeah that medically supervises the camp and ou has a split endocrinology department part mm-hmm. oklahoma city yep. and then part tulsa mm-hmm. and that's about an hour and a half drive yep back and forth so you made the trip down yeah so okay Thinking about camp, what did you make of the uh, the juice fairy at night business? How was that for you? It was it was great, but it, it definitely gave me a whole new respect for just the vigilance that's needed with diabetes. And I I think of the parents, you know, I think of our parents, especially of the of the little ones, and just their probably constant anxiety about their kids when sleeping. And their blood sugars. Um, and I definitely felt bad, you know, waking these kids up at 1 and 3 a.m. And, I mean, I think half of them kind of slept through it. But just disruptive for everyone. Yeah. So it's, it, I found it amazing to walk into those rooms and see the kids sleep with their fingers out. Yes. Like, just ready <laughs> to get pricked. And I was, I was just thinking, like, oh, my gosh, that kid in their life has possibly already had thousands of wake-ups. Yes. In their sleep. Yes. Because that, and it is so disruptive. You wonder mm-hmm. what the long-term consequences of all that is. And, oh, absolutely. And you would think CGMs now. Would help. Are starting to help Maybe with less that, than that constant mm-hmm. exposure to pinpricks by your parents every single night. Right. I know a lot of our, our newly diagnosed families, you know, we teach on MDI for everyone and a couple of the families catch on pretty quickly and are like, wait, like, what do you mean? We don't know what their blood sugar is. And, you know, we don't tell them about Dexcoms till a little later, but 
you know, kind of encouraging them to trust the process, check a blood sugar at bedtime, you know, if less than 120, 15 gram snack, trying to get them to you know, have a little bit of faith. Yeah, it's, it's all those foundations. It's the foundations and you have to be able to recognize the theme and the pattern yes. I think to your life and what, what it's yes. like to see those natural fluctuations and like, hey, if you don't account for a dinner nighttime carb count, right? then you're probably going to see a blood sugar that's 350 yeah, at 3 absolutely. But if you have a CGM, I feel like you wouldn't quite get like the cause and effect mm-hmm. quite as much. I, I don't know. I agree. Yeah. I agree. But I mean, it's definitely nice, you know, kind of on that tangent, um, one of our CDEs, Sherry, she just moved to Houston, um, stuck a Dexcom on me. I think over the winter for what? a week. Yeah. And it was great. I mean, I loved it. I'm, I'm definitely a endocrinology nerd. That's kind of what attracted me to the practice. And it was, it was fascinating watching blood sugar in response to meals and exercise. But definitely by the end of the week, I was like, okay, I'm tired of this sensor on my body. This is annoying. It's, it becomes this, well, it's the sensor for one, right? Yep. And then it's just something else to check all the time. Absolutely. The obsession of the obsession yeah. and trying to extrapolate that out to whether I was a parent Yes. Having to do that. Think about how often you would be checking yours. If you were at work. Yeah. And your kid had a Dexcom on at school. All the time. I, mean, I feel like you'd just be... All, do, do, you ever, do you guys ever talk about that with parents? Yes, like how I do. how to handle that constant mm-hmm. data that rolls into their life? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially when, you know, we tell parents, like, wait until two hours after a meal to respond to that blood sugar. Because mm-hmm. if it's prior to that, it's really not reflective of anything. And yet with the Dexcom, you've got constant stream of blood sugar. And so parents were like, Oh my gosh, he's two fifty, And I'm like, well, he just ate 30 minutes ago. Yep. Yep. And so they just don't like to see any numbers. It's, it's crazy because I was unfamiliar with this concept that you should probably <laughs> wait yeah. three hours to, yeah. to change these things until I was doing the endocrinology rotation OU and the CDs were talking about this all the time. Yeah. They were like, Ryan, why are you always <laughs> correcting after like 45 minutes? It's like, it's so hard to see. Oh, absolutely. Like the up yeah. going at like 190. Yeah. And, but, but then I listened to them and eventually you watch the plateau yeah. and it settles down nicely. And I totally would have been low if I would have corrected. Right. Right. But it's, it's just hard. It's really oh, absolutely. Difficult. Absolutely. And especially if you don't feel good, even with that, like a lot mm-hmm. of my, that's know, the, the kicker Yeah, is if you don't feel good, you're going to do something about it. It's hard to stay it. patient. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think the impact of this ultra rapid, fast acting insulin stuff could possibly, I mean, I I guess that would change some of this. It it would. I'm so excited. I mean, day one, you know, when our, our patients come into the clinic, they're discharged from either the PICU or from their PCP if they, you know, Mm -hmm. weren't in full blown DKA. I always tell parents, you know, the thing with diabetes is it, it disrupts normal feeding practices. You know, normal eating is you eat when you're hungry, you stop when you're full. And food is, is social and emotional and cultural. But, you know, at the same time, the body has a pretty good innate kind of regulatory mechanism. Yeah. And now with diabetes, we're making you kind of pre-contemplate and quantify what you're going to eat and take insulin for it. And if you don't finish it, you're going low. And so it has the capability of creating some unhealthy blood sugar and food relationships. Absolutely. And it's tough because, but like you're saying, yeah, you could, you could eventually with this new, new insulin, insulin, you could just take at the end of the meal. Exactly. It's not even an issue. Exactly. Which would be huge. Yeah. Because it it would be tough. Yeah. Especially with like a five-year-old. How do you guess? Mm -hmm. I would, I would assume most parents just wait till the end of the meal. They do. They do. Yeah. You know, we discourage it. And I, I think it's like a point A1C if you take insulin after you eat. Mm. Kind of best case scenario. Um, I believe that. So one point difference mm-hmm. probably on the average. If you just look at people and broke them up into two categories. Mm-hmm. Like pre-food bolsers, yep. post-food bolsers. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But it's, it's, it's reality. And, you know, we teach, mm-hmm. you know, 15 minutes, take your insulin 15 minutes before you eat. And I'm like, but in reality, you know, it's going to be right at the table. But it really works, though. It is. Whenever you actually do that 15 minutes before, which for me yeah. is, is not a majority of the time, <laughs> it really works well. Like, it's astounding how much better the food profile looks on your CGM whenever right? you do that. Right. Yeah, that's great. So I tell parents, I'm like, well, you know, get them involved in the kitchen, you know, get your child to come in 
give them their insulin and then let's set the table, you know, kind of finish cooking. And by the time you know it, 10, 15 minutes passed and we all can sit down. Yeah. You know, don't make them wait. Don't make them sit there or like dinner's going to be half over. <laughs> it's really just a habit, right? If you could somehow get it to where like at X point during the meal production or like yeah. X or like X point in the process of the drive through line. Yep. Yep. You know, you know, <laughs> maybe that's if, if not that enough would, time, but <laughs> that's probably two, not enough time. Two minutes. Um, anytime you get in the car. No, I mean, it, it would yeah. be, if you could find like a standardized point in time to actually take insulin with the meal, it'd be, it'd be huge. Right. But it's a lot because now we're making you like time your meals and count the carbs and make all these decisions. So these are subtle game changes that have to happen probably years down the road yes, or months down the road. These, I mean, okay, so let's, okay, let's get a little bit more specific. Yeah. So in that first week as a CD, you meet with the parents. Mm -hmm. What kind of initial gauging on your end do you do to see what kind of level this group is able to take in information? How ready are they for this? How overwhelmed are they? Um, wh- how interested do you think they are? Yeah. Do, do you do a lot of that? We do. We do. Um, you know, right now we're looking at some health literacy metrics. There's a really cool tool called the newest vital sign. Mm-hmm. And it's a really short um, questionnaire that's based off a of food label. And so you have the parent, you know, read the label and, how they respond of serving sizes and number of carbs, whatever tells you, you know, really how well do they understand health information and, you know, kind of health numeracy. So there are very distinct categories. I think of how families present to the clinic for those that have spent the last couple days in the PICU. They are exhausted. They've had no sleep. This group is gassed. They're absolutely. Yeah. And so it's the first day is a long, you know, eight to 12 session, but I mean, we probably get, an hour, you know, hour for the CDE to talk about insulin, kind of survival skills. How do we dose it? How do we inject it? You know, I tell just them survival. about carb counting. Exactly. We want to get you back to your appointment a week from now yep. or two weeks from now. We're just trying to get you back. Exactly. Right. I just right. need you to count the carbs and take the <laughs> insulin yeah. and not kill anyone. <laughs> <laughs> this insulin does this. Yep. This insulin does that. Yep. Yeah. Don't confuse the two. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which does happen. It does. You know, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. So yeah, it's really about the survival. And then as they come back in, what, what can you, does anybody, okay. Yeah. This is my question. Does anybody show up to that first session back, like excited to learn more as a parent or are most of them like, please don't tell me anymore because I'm completely overwhelmed. <laughs> like where's, where are they, or is it a spectrum? I don't know if I'd call it excited, but I think parents after the first day, you know, normally we bring them back immediately the next day. So they're not necessarily any more rested than they were. Um, and they've really had one or two meals to kind of put these skills into effect. So day two is a lot more troubleshooting. And, you know, let's kind of rehash what we talked about yesterday. Because I know a lot of that just really kind of went past you. If they pick up 10%. Great. Yeah. Wonderful. We did great. That's that's great. Yeah. Exactly. You know, we one of our nurse practitioners is on call every night. And so kind of the number one thing is this is the number if you need to call. Yep. You're not alone. And I think that and that's, that's okay. What, that number oh, has to be called sometimes. You, absolutely. you cannot possibly troubleshoot all the scenarios. No, yeah. no. And I tell the, the parents, I'm like, welcome to the family. Don't feel bad. Yeah, exactly. Now they're in the family. Yeah. We're going to know see you, you guys better for a long time, every three months. <laughs> <laughs> and I think they enjoy that. I mean, I think they get a sense of security and just confidence knowing that, you know, we're not just sending them out on their own and saying good luck. But we really are truly accessible 24-7, 365. Always accessible. Yeah. Okay. Just a quick update. I got a text message from Amber. She said she's en route. Oh, good. So she's coming. She is going to join us. There was a question before the show, everybody, whether or not Amber was going to be able to join the show today because we're starting in the afternoon a little bit earlier. But Amber's going to make it. Good. So I'm excited. I'm excited. She, she's looking forward to meeting you. That's right. The team will be together now. Yeah, the full team. The full team. Okay. Let's go back in time a little bit. And I'm curious, at what point during dietetic school or before dietetic school did diabetes crush your mind? Yeah. So, let's see. Um, I was a gymnast my whole kind of childhood growing up, all through high school. So, nutrition was very important in terms of, you know, you're wearing a leotard in front of judges and hundreds of people. So you're going to care about what you look like. What specific advice did you get 
as a kid, as a gymnast. <laughs> what was that nutrition advice um, like compared to what you know now? Yeah, <laughs> you know, I I did not have a dietitian mentor during the sport. You know, my coaches would give some advice that, at least in my story, was pretty inadvertent and led to some disordered eating behaviors. Um, yeah, one maybe of my, not the intention, but certainly no, the result. Exactly. Yeah. You know, one of my coaches at one point was like, oh, just eat fruit for dinner. Mm. And that's enough after, you know, a four hour practice. Yeah. I mean, like if you had like four watermelons right? to yourself, maybe that's good. Maybe. <laughs> Most people are doing that. Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. Um, and then I had a physical therapist one time. I, you know, I was dealing with injuries, which looking back, it was, I was underfueled. Mm-hmm. You know, I just wasn't giving my body what it needed to recover. Just not enough fuel. Yeah. And they were like, oh, you just need some amino acids. And so my mom and I literally went to Whole Foods and bought capsules of amino acids. <laughs> oh, yeah. This, this sounds like a recommendation you would hear. A GNC on, or... Like a GNC, like weightlifting muscle mass oh, podcast yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, with the bros. It was mm. great. And now looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, I could have just eaten some chicken, but <laughs> it's fine. I'm just going to take these amino acids instead. Um, so then kind of fast forward to college and started nutrition and, and wavered. I was pre-med the whole time. You know, I knew I loved science and love physiology. You know, I'm all about the feedback loops, yes. which makes complete sense as to why I like endocrinology. God, it's so many feedback loops. Oh, it's great. It's great. Um, <laughs> I'm such a nerd. And so I think sophomore year, I was having some hormonal issues that, you know, no periods thinking it was just from mm-hmm. gymnastics, but yep. it persisted after you know, college, I resumed a more normal exercise regimen, kind of an hour a day in the gym versus four. <laughs> versus nonstop movement. Exactly. Yeah. And so we went to the doctor and they ran some labs and the doctor was like, oh, you've got polycystic ovarian syndrome. You know, here's some birth control. This will fix it. And in my family, we don't, you know, medicine isn't the go-to. Um, my parents are, I have a family full of physicians. And so mm-hmm. we always question um, and so <laughs> healthy, my parents, healthy skepticism yeah, abounds you inside do. the household, I'm sure. I mean, you have to be your With own advocate. Yeah. And I, you have to be your own advocate. Oh, no doubt. I think a lot of times. So, you know, we kind of researched and looked into it and I never heard of this before mm-hmm. and started reading about hormones and then of course saw insulin and insulin resistance. And, you know, mind you, I'm like, you know, a size zero, still have a six pack, like <laughs> obesity is not the problem here. Yeah. Um, but didn't know, you know, didn't know there were kind of lean type versus, you know, kind of your standard PCOS, you know. Because with any of these endocrine diseases, there are, there's just an infinite or just multitudes of possibilities and yeah. how it could present of somebody. subsets, exactly. Subset, subset, subset. It's, it's never ending. Right. Yeah. And any sort of syndrome too is like a bucket diagnosis, mm, you is. know, have two of the three criteria and, and you check the box. Yeah. So started reading and immediately came to low carb fixes insulin resistance. And so, you know, trying to do the right thing, I asked my, um, she was a reproductive endocrinology gynecologist. And I asked her, I'm like, Oh, low carb, like, will this fix it? And she's like, Oh yeah, tons of my patients. They all do Atkins and you know, it's great. And here I am at like 19, like I'm not trying to get pregnant anytime soon. I just, I don't know. I think I just want to be healthy. Yeah, you're just trying to establish... Yeah, you're just trying to be healthy. Yeah. yeah. And so I embark on this like half paleo kind of low carb <laughs> diet that really just ended in a bunch of, of restrictive eating that ended in binge cycles on like 90% dark chocolate and coconut butter. <laughs> So, gained a lot of weight in the process. As delectable as that can be. Right? Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So, again, I think it just uh, kind of played out more the disordered eating and kind of what that stress mm-hmm. kind of rigidity and the effect of that on hormones. Um, so, either way, it got me into endocrinology. You pro- you're one of those few people who early in life is able to experience and feel the power of what nutrition can do yeah. inside the body directly yeah. because so many folks go through life and they never make quite the connection to like a feeling of vibrancy right. or whole health mm-hmm. with the food we eat. And you were able to make the connection Yeah, and you're like, yeah. why not share this? Why not learn a little bit more about it? Let's go. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and I think I, it kind of went a step further for me in recognizing the crux of at least my issue 
generally comes down to stress and stress management. And like I tell people, stress is a bucket Mm -hmm. and it's what you eat, what's going on in your body. It's psychologically, emotionally, how you're sleeping. Like it doesn't matter what it is. It all drips into the same. It goes into that same bucket. Yeah. And stress always has a unique way of manifesting itself in the body. Exactly. It's those, those thought patterns, they create Mm -hmm. manifestations in the body. It's it's a bizarre concept I've had to deal with myself too. Yeah. So I feel you. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, not to take the, you know, kind of limelight from nutrition, but at least in my journey, we've come more to the gray, <laughs> the gray area in nutrition and nutrition philosophies. And that's really what seems to keep things balanced. Mm. So, well, I love, we talk about that quite a bit on the show about how these rigid yeah. uh, constructs yeah. that we try to fit diabetes into, we try yep. to fit diet into. We try to fit mental health into just do X and you'll get Y. Right. It just doesn't work like that because everybody's different. Absolutely. And what one diet does for somebody isn't going to do for somebody else. And mm-hmm. how somebody manages stress isn't going to work for you. And that gray is infinite. It's never just connected. Right. You know? Right. And a lot of us like the black and white. You we know, do. We, we crave we, it. We Certainty is powerful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I feel myself a lot of times in the clinic with patients just you know, encouraging them to step into the gray. Just, oh. just a toe, just a toe. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see things a little abstract for a moment here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So can you think of a situation where you're, you try to pull people under the gray in regards mm-hmm. to like common diabetes scenarios? I think probably talking just about food. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite is probably one of our favorite pastimes to talk about oh, in the it. diabetes community. I love it. Yeah. Day one. I tell parents, I say, please, please do not buy diabetic foods like no sugar-free pies <laughs> no nothing from the diabetic aisle because but we don't need russell stover no nope, sugar-free know, chocolate no no yeah. um i want your child to just eat normal cake and cookies and take insulin for it and move on yeah. um and i think that's freeing for a lot of people you know whether you you have diabetes or not that kind of all or nothing quote clean eating excessive rigidity can just for a lot of people backfire Mm. um and sometimes especially in the diabetes background it can build resentment towards the diabetes concept yes saying like diabetes prevented me from doing x yeah and that can continue to build and build and build yeah Um, and for some folks that works because that's their personality and they're okay with blocking out a section of anything right and that's okay some people can jump off the cliff but some people or like you were saying, like, oh, let's wait in a little bit. Yeah. Let's explore this a little further. Yeah, yeah. Can I eat cake? Mm, maybe. Should I eat cake all the time? Oh, probably not. Probably not. But can you? Sure. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah. And I mean, <laughs> sure, you're going to live with the consequences, which mm-hmm. are much more evident in someone with type 1. But, you know, I tell people with food, at least, there's kind of two constructs. There's those who are, are food focused. And for them, whether they're trying to lose weight or trying to get healthy, you know, keeping the foods out of the house may not work. And if you're really, truly food focused, it comes more to like an acceptance based therapy model Mm. of we're going to have to sit here with the uncomfortable feelings and recognize that, you know, you're stressed, you're upset. You want to grab that pint of Ben and Jerry's, but we're just going to have to let these feelings kind of ride out. Uh. Whereas other people who Mm. aren't food focused, you know, kind of your, your sister, brother, aunt, whatever that can eat the whole pizza and they seem to never gain weight. Mm-hmm. Well, those are the individuals that aren't food focused. Mm-hmm. It could be in the house, not be in the house and they don't really care. And if you, if you said that to them, Hey, let your feelings flow out, yeah. go for a walk yeah. before you eat. They're like, <laughs> you're crazy. They're like, why? Like, what's the point? Yeah. Like I would just continue to eat. Right. And just eat when I'm hungry and I'm stop when I'm full. But th- this, that's the first time I've encountered this idea of the food focused behavior right um in therapy and like way of confronting stress and the way that could play out and for somebody with diabetes they're already food focused because they have to be they're already food focused and so then you go back to it yeah and if that 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 is a really tough loop absolutely on on blood sugars and to break that whoo that's tough it's hard yeah and and sometimes that can that can develop in young kids i would bet oh absolutely Mm -hmm. absolutely i really think that those first couple weeks after diagnosis and just establishing the new normal Mm -hmm. of kind of food patterns and meals and and just behaviors with taking insulin I really think that's a a game changer for how they're going to kind of pan out long term yep those initial habits Mm -hmm. that form yeah I bet that yeah that's that's an interesting 
interesting few weeks because the openness to that change yeah. that the family is ready for and how willing they're willing to completely throw aside like a previous way of living. Yes. That's a hard thing to do for anybody. So like what, what advice do you have for people and how they like look at those first couple of weeks? Hmm. You know, if, if you were just talking to parents casually, they weren't even your patient. Yeah. You say like, Hey, here's what we, here's what I would do in a perfect world in the first couple of weeks. Yeah. I mean, I, I focus on the food part a lot, but you know, I like to encourage, you know, family meals, sit down mm. at the table, TV's not on, cell phones aren't there to really just be present in the moment and kind of normalizing diabetes, normalizing blood sugar checking. And it's a lot easier to count your carbs than if you're actually there yeah. present, not yeah. distracted by eating the carbs. Exactly. And your, yeah, or like your that. child's not running around. Anyway, all right. Here. Amber's in the house. <laughs> Is this your idea of a happy hour or what? Just come straight over here. Here you go. I've got you over there. Okay. Set up if you want. This bench is great. <laughs> you love that bench. All right. I think your mic is, you should be ready to rock over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, you're good. You're good. All right. Sit straight up. Hey, Christina, oh. Amber, Amber, Hello. Christina. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I got the janky ones. Hey, you know, Here's that's the initiator. Hey, you know, whoever comes in last to the podcast. That's how it goes down. That's how it goes down. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Those are, those are the headphones that leave like black <laughs> residues all over your ears. And, and like, we're not kidding around when it comes to these. I'm going to turn my phone on silent. Okay. Let's do this. I'm present. Oh, cool. Great. Welcome. I'm going to check my blood really quick. Just make sure. Go ahead and scope it out. We'll, okay, we'll continue. Lot. We'll finish this yeah. off. Yeah. yeah. So I was just asking her about first couple of weeks for a parent are really tough. That ability to embrace all the changes that come along mm-hmm. with having somebody with diabetes in the house. What advice do you give that person? She was just mentioning how it's important for families to sit down for meals together and to be present. So everybody's right there, like in the moment, in those first sure. couple of weeks. Sure. So they can all do it together. But yeah. All right. Yeah. Any, any other thoughts to add on? Um, just resilience. You know, I'm a, I'm mm-hmm. definitely a, a cheerleader, a coach, just kind of from my, my background with gymnastics and having teammates. And, and I like to just kind of have the, the moment with them of like, it's okay to grieve this. Like, it's okay to grieve and be upset that you didn't ask for this, but we don't ask for a lot of things in life. And so what are you going to do? Are you just going to yeah. kind of fall apart or are you going to pull up your bootstraps and like, we're going to keep going? <laughs> And so. it's okay to mourn it. Yeah. Oh, it's absolutely. a great, you're, you're basically burying the previous life. Yeah. And yeah. Things will never be the same. Never going to be the same. But could be way better. But could be way better. And, and none of that stuff that was in the, in the prior life has to go away completely. No. 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 It's and I think adjustment. it's, yeah. yeah and just dis- an adjustment. Dispelling a lot of myths. You know, people will think it's going to be just way different than just, you know, checking blood sugars, counting carbs, taking insulin. I mean, that's definitely an oversimplification, but you know, people, I think a lot of just type two exposure and coming in with, that's all they know mm. is, you know, grandpa with his foot cut off yeah. and instantly think that's <laughs> what's going to happen to their child. We've, we've, <laughs> so do you bring that up? I mean, okay. Losing a toe, going blind. Yep. Yep. And we also find it uh, very intriguing how someone's like inner psychology could put them in a place where they find it acceptable to come <laughs> up to you and say, Oh gosh, my grandpa had diabetes and he's blind. Yeah. Like, and that's like the first thing they say to you when they find out you have diabetes. I'd, I'd find that interesting. Or when they say, Oh, Oh, you have the bad kind. No. Like, well, that's how you, how you want to look at it. I'm, I'm pretty okay. With, yeah. Or you have the good kind. I also get that every once in a while too. I've never had a good kind. Nope. Yeah. Well, you know, but I know whatever. people, what they say, social skills sometimes are lacking. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, we're growing though in our education about it. Okay. Another question for you. Most people don't know what it takes to actually become a CDE because you can become a dietitian, mm-hmm. but then there's an extra layer of training and certification. Yeah. Can you actually walk us through that? Yeah. Because I think people throw around the term CDE and they don't actually know that this person went through some pretty extensive training. Yeah. And do you even know, I mean, for our listeners, CDE stands for Certified Diabetes Educator. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, nurses, pharmacists, um, both of our NPs, dietitians, they can all become a Certified Diabetes Educator. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. And there's, I think there's a couple different pathways depending on your clinical background. At least for a dietitian, you have to have practiced for two years as a dietitian, and then you have to have a thousand direct patient care hours 
doing diabetes. Okay. And then a you thousand can, direct. Yeah. Wow. So that's a lot. That's a lot of hours. Give me an example of what direct means. Like mm-hmm. that would be like one hour, you know, diabetes self-management training with a new family. There you go. That appointment, that's one hour. That's one hour times a thousand. That's a lot. That's quite a bit of time. One on one with parents. Okay, so the camp <laughs> situation that you guys were both just mm-hmm. in, so did that yes. count? I think that counts. I bet it counts. I at least say it in my role as, as med staff and mm-hmm. feeling like I was constantly thinking about eight, 12 year old boys, blood sugars. Oh, no, <laughs> I would say that that counts. Yeah. You, know, you were assigned a specific group of kids that you followed the whole week, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did anything surprise you in like the every meal giving of shots, giving um, a volus to the pumps? What was that whole experience like? Because you, you were responsible with the physician yeah. of giving all the insulin for all those eight to 12 year old boys. Yes. It was excellent pattern management training, <laughs> just so concentrated. Um, you know, activity levels were so unpredictable. Um, even with the planned activities, you know, they were out the door every second. Um, you know, voracious appetites at 12 years old. And gosh, so they, they would eat like three servings oh, absolutely. of a huge meal. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this like is 120 carbs yeah. later. <laughs> and you, you were responsible for making sure that they gave enough insulin for that. Yeah. Oh yeah. We'd count their carbs and look at their blood sugars and see how they did earlier in the day and make decisions based off of, all right, we've, we've had a couple lows. Mm-hmm. We already have reduced your basal 20%, you know, based on last couple of days, we're going to go wow. down another 10%. Um, I know you're going to swim in a couple hours, so we're going to give you 50% meal bolus right here. And all of them were on a pump. All of mine were all of mine. Oh, that's right. Your whole group had the pump. had pumps. Yeah. Right. Mostly yep. Omnipods. And then I think we had a couple Medtronics, which was a, a new experience for me. You know, I, mm-hmm. I do a lot with the diabetes program of our, our new patients and they all start MDI. So very mm-hmm. familiar with that and familiar with adjusting those blood sugar Logs, but pump was a whole new, whole but new going world. into the Medtronics, the T Slims, yeah, the Omnipod, working the Omnipod pod, yes, just the the technology part. It's a steep educational curve. Absolutely, I mean, I've had diabetes my whole life. I've only used a Medtronic, but having to adjust somebody's Omnipod at night, yeah, or I've never seen a six seventy before, right? So going into a six seventy and having to mm-hmm. insert a blood sugar to calibrate it at night at like four in the morning for oh, some gosh. kid, you know, it was like oh, can't complete, function, completely overwhelmed, and it just takes a little while. Yeah. So that's what camp's all about, though. Oh, absolutely. Just learning for everyone. Yeah. It was, yeah. Amber and I were at camp last year for the evening. Uh-huh. And I remember I remember looking at all the staff members who were there on that Saturday night. They like beat down. They looked like they'd just <laughs> been through it. Like, it, 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 was, it was a rough time. And now I totally understand. Yeah. I mean, I could have fell asleep anywhere. Oh, absolutely. On that like one of those last nights. Yes. Do you think that that, because I remember the way that they were reporting things was kind of archaic, no offense to the camp, but handwritten everything. If it were to move to something that was more like you had an iPad, it was like a simple plug-in for each person. And, you know, do you think that would have been easier on you guys? For the most part, it's the camp counselor who has it with them all the time. Right. So the counselors have to record even at snack time when they're not with the medical team. Or if the kid just wants to test a blood sugar randomly. And so they have to Who record it there. And so oh, a lot of kids. All the time. All, all the, the time. time. It's like nonstop. Yeah. Like, like I hey, don't. Oh, I feel low or I feel high. And they'd be fine. Yeah. You know? But hmm. so they would check. But it's the counselor's job to put that down. And with how many carbs they had, like right there. And so I think one of the difficulties, hmm. I think it would be possible to do that. But you would have to have like an iPad that were in like one of those otter boxes. Yes. Because it's in like oh, a camp yeah. backpack. It's being carried everywhere. It's going on ropes courses. It's going in the back of a paddle and boat. Google Docs, and you could everybody could have access to it. So, anywho, I'm just thinking of like easier ways to report everything and run reports. Sorry. It would be. It would be. I mean, I think the other thing that really makes diabetes management difficult is is HIPAA, which oh, is sure. super important. But I think that plays into you oh, know yeah because all of that information that goes up would have to be secure. Yeah. Yeah. And so it'd have to be a a secure cloud, you know, server. Uh, Yeah. It would be so fun though, to see their data on a page somewhere just to be able to check it out. And we do, we, you know, the last day when the parents pick them up, we, um, transcribe their week of blood sugars and carbs and just, you know, special events that happen onto a fresh 
log for the parents so they can kind of see the trends from the week. But you know, when they so sit, cool. when the parents go home with that information, I mean, obviously it's supposed to be an educational component, but my thoughts are, especially for the 12 year old boys that are, like you said, from the second they get up until the second they go to sleep, not that most kids aren't like that, but is that an accurate display of what a trend would be? Because a lot of these kids may spend a good portion of their day playing video games or something. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. We tell them, you oh, know, it's not a good trend. Take it with a to grain support. of salt. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This isn't reflective of your control. This is really just, <laughs> we did our best with the amount of exercise and heat and rolling with the punches <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. Lack of sleep. As much autonomy as possible too was given. Yeah. So whatever snack they wanted to have, they were able to choose. Awesome. It wasn't forced upon them right. to say, hey, you have to have beef jerky tonight because it has no carbs. Right. They were able to choose from a wide selection <laughs> of snacks, right. which was good because they got to then see cause and effect and yeah. all those things. That's great. Yeah, it was, Camp was great. It was a good time. Okay, let's, let's shift a little further into the nutrition component of all this. So I imagine you have parents who have ideas about how their family should eat food before... They come into this meeting. Yes. Um, and, and right now there are lots of people who are supportive of a low-carb diet, a paleo diet. All these things get lumped together. I know there are distinctions between them all. Yeah. Um, and so what, what are your thoughts right now on um, just the spectrum of like high-carb, low-carb, mm-hmm. how to choose a diet if you have diabetes, all this all those yeah. Things. You know, I, know, I, I think, just opened up Pandora's box oh, no. and said, Hey, figure it out. Oh, it's <laughs> great. You know, I think I, I have personally really evolved in my nutrition philosophies. Um, I think from the psychological component and really looking at food and kind of the effect on mood and behavior, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of rigid versus flexible <clears throat> eating slash dieting. And so, you know, had you asked me a couple years ago, I remember, I think I was a freshman in college, you know, dietetics major, you think you know it all at that point. And I would tell someone, oh, chicken and lettuce, that's, that's what you need to eat. If you're, you know, if you're overweight, you want to lean out, you got right. chronic health conditions, like just that's your stack problem. stack some chicken and lettuce. Yeah. Let's go. And if you can't hang with it, you're just not, you don't have it. Get tough. Yeah. Get There's tough. just not enough, yeah. you know, work ethic, willpower, whatever. Um, very <laughs> foolish, <laughs> very foolish, but, but we all mature in our own right and kind of see things through the lens of reality. So I always tell parents, I'm like, you know, I think it is true to some degree, kind of quote law of small numbers, you know, less carbs, less insulin, less variation. It's a Mm -hmm. smaller margin for Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like just calculus, you know, smaller, smaller input. Yeah. Less variation, but you know, food also is, it's emotional. It's, it's cultural, it's social. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, could you avoid all sweet things and all high carb things and eat keto or eat, you know, low carb, high fat, whatever, and have perfect blood sugars all the time? Well, sure. But doubtful. What is that going to do? Exactly. It's doubtful. And it's, what is that going to do when you finally do get your hands on a piece of cake? Mm -hmm. You're going to eat all the cake, all the food. Right. You know, I I tell parents, if it feels restrictive to to the child, absolutely. They're not allowed to eat pizza at their friend's birthday party. Right. These are right. Components that matter. Well, and that's tough too, because I look at some of the things, um, like some of the kids, there's a play group, there's all kinds of other things. And when I see the only things being served are unhealthy, I don't care if you have diabetes or not like that. I feel like I'm, I I agree with that too. They call me a food Nazi at Mm -hmm. the place that I work. Mm -hmm. And it's for me, it's about how it makes me feel. And then I look at these people and I'm like, will you, you're drinking a Coke and you just ate a bagel. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't have diabetes, that's going to make you sluggish. Yeah. So it's about, I don't know. I feel like kids need to be taught when you eat that donut, how do you feel? Yep. Make them realize, put the two together, which I don't think a lot of times that's happening. Maybe. No. And this comes back to, to the balance for, you know, really in talking to somebody that has diabetes and giving them, them, them health information. It's like, what's the balance between a low carb diet? It's purely diabetes Mm -hmm. diet. So this is somebody that could just eat eggs all day, boiled eggs, Lettuce, tons of fat, tons of fat, yeah, bacon, coconut oil, and get your get your caloric value versus a diet that has been proven to be health conscious, yeah, that includes fruits and vegetables. So it's like, where's that balance? Because you want to try to aim for good control, right? Mm-hmm. But also have a health promoting diet. Yeah, I feel like that's a really tough. 
line, to, to, especially when people are looking for concrete advice. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, and I think it comes down to like nutrient density, mm. you know, are we getting enough fiber? Right. Are we getting all the vitamins and minerals and, you know, not just the, you know, DRIs, the dietary reference intake, but you know, what's the true like optimal level that we need. And we know that, you know, vitamins and minerals are most available to the body in the medium with when, which they come, AKA food right? instead of just taking a bunch of supplements. So, you know, kind of the low carb wagon. Um, I manage a lot of true classical ketogenic diets for epilepsy. Oh, yep. Yep. Good evidence. Yeah. Oh, it's it's incredible. You know, and for, for Mm -hmm. families that their child's life is, is devastated by, intractable epilepsy that's not responsive to anti-epileptic drugs or it is partially responsive and the diet kind of puts them, you know, 50, 60, 70, 90%, you know, seizure free. That's a game changer. But from the nutrition aspect of it, you know, we're supplementing the heck out of the diets. We're checking labs every three months. You know, they're, they're a little acidotic. So they're, you know, pH of their blood is a little acidic. And so we're having to give them kind of buffers to keep them from getting kidney stones. So it's, it's definitely Mm. not a, you know, kind of risk-free therapy. It's very safe and it's, it's effective, but you know, I kind of tell parents for, for a type one where it's, it's not your fault, your body's not producing insulin. Mm -hmm. And so we're just going to replace it. Like we would replace thyroid hormone Mm -hmm. or growth hormone or cortisol you know, whatever right. the body is just unfortunately not making anymore. And the ultimate truth that comes down to what the A1C is and where your blood sugars are and how many nutrients you can achieve yes. at any given A1C. Exactly. I think, you know, if your A1C is nine, mm-hmm. but you're eating this nutrient stack diet, right. then that's something you'd have to say, okay, well, you know, hmm, maybe I should change the things up. Right. Or if your A1C is 5.7, but you eat nothing but eggs and coconut oil and bacon, right? that is probably not also a sustainable mm-hmm. diet to move forward. So it's like that, that middle ground. Yeah. Kind of coming back to the gray. Find, yeah. Coming back to the gray again. Yeah. Back to the gray. And I hate to say that. I mean, I feel like I'm a buzzkill now that I'm saying like, really, we should be more moderate. It's just, it's just unsexy, but I, I don't know. And, and also moderation has its limits also. Oh, for sure. I am you know, um, not saying go eat cake and cookies every day and, you know, chocolate milk at lunch. Definitely not saying that. But, you know, is there kind of a, a common ground? And it's personal. I mean, it's very personal. See, I love to eat rice bowls with beans yeah. and completely loaded. I mean, this is a high carb meal. Yeah. I love to do that for dinner. But I've been in a place now where if my blood sugar is over 200, I'm not going to eat that meal. <laughs> yeah. Because it's not a strategic time right. to introduce that many carbs. Right. So, but if I get done with the workout, my blood sugar is 75. Now I'm poised in a place where my Absolutely. body's ready to rock. Like I can take in a meal like that. And it makes sense. So I think strategically incorporating those those foods is more important. Right. Um, right. Instead which is of kind stuff of- to do because again, we come back to the relationships we have with food and Right. And like putting yourself into this box of, you know, I have to eat like this. And if I can't, then kind of the, the, what the hell effect of if I, if I can't be perfect, then I'm just going to eat all the, Mm -hmm. all the whatever, you know? And I feel like in diabetes too, you know, if my blood sugars aren't good and I definitely encourage parents, I'm like, these are just numbers. These are data points, objective data points that we're using to make decisions off of. Cause when you get into that kind of good or bad mentality, then it's, well, just, you know, forget it. I'm now 14, 15, 16, trying to do it on my own. Can't get it right. So I'm just going to ride the A1C at 12 for a couple of years. Right. And just not, not do anything. And so, yeah, this whole morality of my blood sugar being good or bad is just too much. I'm going to disappear yeah. from this thing. Exactly. Well, and as we all know, too, is that you could eat the same thing every single day for a month and have a different yes. result. And at the same time, when it comes to the good and bad blood sugars, I mean, I never, my family never did that. Yeah. The A1C, of course, it was, I always felt like it was a judgment call, but you, when you shame somebody, then they hate themselves. Absolutely. What does that do? Then mm-hmm. you're going to want to do things that are probably unhealthy, whatever that means, drugs, alcohol, or food. So it's, um, having a more, a healthier look at that and just, this is what it is right now. And it'll change probably in 30 minutes. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, right. Well, and really kind of taking it a step further, there's a lot of talk in the research world, um, a new paper just came out that was presented in April when um, 
the primary investigators and their coordinators for the T1D exchange through the Jabe Health um, Foundation, which there's a bunch of studies that probably some of you guys have participated in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they gave a talk on A1C and really how valid is it. Mm-hmm. And one of the examples he gave, Roy yeah. Beck is his name. I think he's an MD, PhD, if I'm not mistaken, um, at the Jabe Center there in Tampa. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, you could have three individuals that all have an A1C of eight, but if you look at their, you know, meter download and look at their glycemic variability, it could be vastly different. You know, one person could be having mm. so many highs and lows that it cancels it out, it out. Right. So that on average yeah. they're an eight. And so I think that right there, and like I said, they just published a paper. Mm. I haven't read it yet, but I mean, even just taking kind of the, the concrete power that we put in it's A1C. It's very concrete power. Yeah. Yeah. And what basically what they said is like, you know, you can shred those, you know, A1C blood sugar charts that, you know, if you're this percent, this is your range. And, you know, of course we like print those out for patients and everyone thinks it's in this nice, neat box, but, but it's not. It's fascinating. Dr. Kevin Short over at OU, he's at OU Endo. Yeah. He was talking about this um, a couple years ago whenever I met with him. He does some of our lectures for yeah. um, med school. Yeah, yeah. And he was talking about how glycemic variability ultimately will probably end up being, it will probably replace. Yes. At some point, there, or he, he just, maybe not replace A1C, but he was just talking about the importance of it. Yes. Glycemic vulnerability. I can't say Variability. It. Variability, okay. Meaning, like, if your blood sugar during a day ranges from 75 to 375, that's a that's a, a huge variability versus somebody whose blood sugar is between 75 and 125. Right. And that maybe the damage that happens in the small uh, blood vessels that causes um, retinopathy, mm-hmm. um, all, kidney issues, that causes some of the... Is when there's a high. It's it's more the variability. Yeah. It's like how sugars. high are the highs, how low are the lows, and how long are we sitting there? Mm-hmm. What about... It? Okay, so if that's, that's the theory... Maybe that's what causes the protein to leak out of the vessels. If that's Perhaps. the theory, then what if like my blood sugar stayed between, let's say, 160 and 210? We don't know yet. Well, yeah. Wow. That's the thing. And so mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see. Like Maybe there's a threshold number of the A1C, like an arbitrary number that says, hey, as long as you're below this and your glycemic variability is okay. Yeah, there's no way in hell everybody's going to... I mean, that is such a tough factor to throw in. Well, obviously, like, you would God. have to have a CGM. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> because nobody's going to... You can't go back. We know we can't rely on people to accurately... No, we're not numbers. writing anything down. You could download meters. That's it. I That's mean, it's... True. You know, we go off of meter downloads, yeah. at least in the clinic. Um, no, I, I think it's a fascinating they, concept though. Yeah. I think the yeah. FDA has even kind of challenged them to like, all right, well, what, what's the term you're going to use then? Right. Right. Come up with a new kind of metric mm-hmm. for this. It holds some promise though. And it does make sense. Um, yeah, it, it makes some sense physiologically. So it's something to watch, but for nothing sure. that we're recommending. No, I mean, and for now regards. it's A1C and it's that's what I told a, parents. Yeah, exactly. That's what we got. That's what we're going to go by. But riding that roller coaster, even as the person with diabetes, if you have a 375 and a 75 day, it's usually not a fun day. <laughs> yeah, anyway. you're gonna feel like crap. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna feel bad. It's got its own incentives. You're gonna be in a if fog. You not to do that. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Well, all right. Any anything else that we would like to uh, to ask Christina before she takes off? I don't know if, if he's brought this up, but so when you deal with a family that has. Um, whether it's the person, the individual, or the family of someone that's newly diagnosed, what is one of the first things that you say to them? By the time I come in, they've met with the doctor. Okay. And so they've, they've talked about kind of the pathophys and, you know, this is nothing you ate. It's nothing your mom did when she was pregnant, right. et cetera, et cetera. Nice. Um, and then the nurse has already come in and, and taught them, you know, how to dose insulin, kind of insulin shot. And so I come in and just kind of, get to know them a little bit, get to know their story, and then generally jump into the food piece pretty quickly. At this point, they've been here for a couple hours. We've given them breakfast, given them insulin. We may or may not still have some ketones and high blood sugars from the PICU. (laughs) So Mm. parents are exhausted. Kiddo doesn't feel good. Yeah. And so I just try to make make it quick and survival skills. And then the next day and in the coming weeks, we can have a much more kind of open discussion about what this means, especially in terms of food and activity mm-hmm. and um, really just trying to normalize it and, and just encourage them that, you know, your child is still going to be able to do anything they want to do in this life. 
Well, and you know, I'm bringing this to making it a personal one when it comes to advices. So one of the things and we actually put this in a little video about when I was diagnosed, the first thing that I said when they explained to me what diabetes was, is I was like, you mean no more Snickers? (laughs) So if a kid were to say that to you today, considering we have a different view, I mean, I've had diabetes for almost 35 years. Yeah. So what would you say to a child when, if they pop that out. Right. I think Ryan and I talked about this right before you got here, but oh, sorry. I no, no, always, no. this is good. It's great. Day one. I tell parents, I say, please, please <laughs> do not buy sugar free cakes, pies, oh, cookies, candy. You, she like, brought this up unprompted. Oh, poop their pants. We know this. <laughs> it is sugar so bad for you. Please like go read sugar free gummy bears on Amazon. Go read the reviews. <laughs> Just do it. Does it say laxative? Um, you will not I've stop got, we'll laughing. We'll have to look okay. that up. You'll we, not we are going to find this link. <laughs> yes. And we will put it in the show notes. Yes. For sure. Oh, yeah. Know. Oh, yeah. One of my professors in undergrad, she <laughs> she brought that up. And then they used to make like Lay's potato chips with Olestra. Oh, oh God. Do you remember this? Less. Yes. I, I remember this. And uh-huh. she was like, never get a bag of that. Do they still make it? I, I don't think so. I think you'd be hard pressed to find it. That's like a big, gone. one big laxative. Like, <laughs> it'd be like it a though. laxative on crack. <laughs> yes. Like don't take a road trip with the two of those things as your snacks. <laughs> Dude, it had a place in the mall that would, um, was like a chocolate stand. Yeah. And my Rough parents were like, oh my gosh, we just realized they have sugar-free chocolate. Oh, gross. They would buy me a block of white chocolate. It's awful. My body awful. has never been the it's same. <laughs> no. Shout out though to Bahama Bucks. Okay. It's a local snow cone stand. Okay. It might be a chain uh, of some kind, but here in Oklahoma City, yeah. it's called Bahama Bucks, and they have stevia flavored oh, snow cones. Nice. And they brought them to us for free at camp. You remember that uh, first day at camp when the kids yeah, go yeah, there yeah. and the kids run around with snow cones? Yeah. In my mind, I was saying, this is a horrible idea. Why are we giving these guys snow cones? <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Camp? And then somebody said they were stevia. Oh, that's awesome. They had like 20 flavors. I'm oh, glad that, that you bomb. listed that, that st- you so knew good. about that because of camp. And I'm like, where the hell have you been hanging out at the snow cone <laughs> stands? Are like, you trying to pick up the ladies at the snow cone stand? Right? <laughs> I don't know about you, but that's a big thing in Tulsa. See, we have it's Joe's Joe's Snow Shack. Oh, it's it's the thing. It's a big deal. It's still the thing. Norm- yeah. Yeah. And they put gummy bears in your snow cone, but they're not sugar free. <laughs> Bummer. I know. <laughs> but no, I mean, I had that discussion and then, you know, I'm like, the bottom line is those, those foods still have fat and calories. So just right. eat the brownie and move on. But I mean, there is, I think, a place for, you know, sugar free pancake syrup. Like if you're going to go ham Horrible. on some syrup, I mean, I but if, I agree with, I if you're going to put a Carries. third a cup of yeah. normal stuff on your pancakes, like good luck with your blood sugar. Oh yeah. So maybe just stick with some peanut butter, but yeah. like stevia syrup isn't really a thing. I think a hundred percent of the time I've ever had maple syrup in my life, it's resulted in a high blood sugar. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent times 10. I mean, like yeah. that's, <laughs> it's just not going to go. It's not even worth it. Just, it. No. Just put some peanut butter on that. It just works way, way too fast for the insulin. Exactly. Yeah. It's just too fast for yeah. the insulin. So Same what, thing with Coke and Dr. Yep. Pepper. And all we should yep. have an experiment. Right. Maybe if you dosed like mm, two hours prior. To, <laughs> like, so there's so much hey, insulin in your system. You it's ready. To go. Let's ride on the that, peak. That brings up another thing that's relatively off topic, but whatever. Jeff Harris the other night mm-hmm. at the happy hour, he was talking about how in the mornings he takes his insulin three hours before oh, yeah. he eats to beat the dawn phenomenon. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, that is the earliest insulin i've ever heard anybody take before a meal that's awesome does he have a cgm i can't remember he does yeah it's like you, you, and he was, I guess he was able talking to about how it. he looks yeah. at everybody else's and oh yeah okay so here's it i'm glad that you're bringing this up so it, everybody is like on their cgms is they're following each other yeah i'm not gonna say that it's competition but it's like oh they, they told were, they, they, spy they, they, on, they spy on each other all day yeah. they're like dude you've been high you've been at 300 for like four hours what are you doing <laughs> oh my god! i guess that'd be a good check and balance i mean maybe but i, I was thinking you know because ryan's the, my closest diabetes yeah. friend and i was like i would be so stressed out about him right. <laughs> constantly i know he's riding his bike right now and his blood sugar's 42 <laughs> ah, yeah. what are you doing? i know he won't answer the phone so uh, oh my gosh like, maybe maybe you should change your pump side you do something <laughs> right. this is a lot of highs Right. Oh, that's how our kids feel though. You know, parents with the decks come on their phone. Mm. Oh yeah. Calling the kids before they give them get a chance to see that's camp. That's why camp's great. We disconnected. Say nope. Parents are getting vacation for a week and so is the kid. Yeah. They can't look at it, right? Nope. Nope. And they and they can't share. (laughs) So (laughs) can't you're gonna have to sit home. Somebody I was just talking to one of our past guests, Trish Winters, because um I was on a Dexcom break Mm -hmm. uh, because I had to and then I didn't have one. Oh, <laughs> and it was horrible. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I was a total wreck. I mean, I was an yeah. anxiety attack because I was like, I don't know what my blood sugar is. And I'm like, okay, I've got to go back to the old school mentality. 
I'm going to have to test my blood sugar, hope for the best, yeah. never see the trend, whatever. So I felt like I was walking on needles and she said, Amber, that's, I mean, there are so many parents that they're addicted. They sit and look at their phone all day while their kid's at school and they're so stressed out. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, you talk about anxiety. Imagine yeah. trying to prepare for a presentation no. or write an article. Or something while you're looking at your your kids' numbers all day. Yeah, you couldn't function. I don't yeah, feel like as a they're gonna have to start like a rehab group for <laughs> parents on Dexcom numbers. It, it yeah. is knowledge is power, but sometimes it can be overwhelming. Yeah, it can be tough. Addicting is the word. That people we are good, I mean, intentions. They, good intentions. Good intentions. Good intentions. Absolutely. This whole thing. Yeah. They call it like the quantified self movement. Mm, mm. Yep. Define what that means. Maybe it's like the heart rate monitors, right? On oh. our phones, the watches, the you know Fitbits. We're just this constant stream of data, more than you could could really handle, or and that you understand, right? Or that yeah, exactly. And the more you quantify yourself, the less you're able to qualify yourself. So then you lose the ability to be able to feel oh, where you're at, right? Because it, but I mean, obviously that's an over reaction right, right. to things. But you know, if a kid has always been told when he's low, is he going to recognize when he's low? Right. I think it's one of those things too. Like I we mean, were just talking about I when you he, eat a high carb, so. you, t- you know, how do you feel? Well, recognizing a low now, like if I'm in a business meeting, I'll be like, Oh shoot. Well, instead of, I can just look at my Dexcom and Oh, I can mm-hmm. see that my arrow is going straight down. Right. Yep. And so that's a great, it's reassuring. Yeah. Right. Like the, what yeah. are those external cues you mm-hmm. need? Mm-hmm. It's validation. Yeah. Oh, it's validation. And we love the Dexcom here. That guy's got but my back. But it needs healthy boundaries. It, it needs boundaries. For it sure. Needs, and I need to name mine something, like something specific. Yeah, you do. Like, Ricky, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> Why Wednesday? are you my arm? <laughs> Wednesday. That's right. I'm going to name it Wednesday. <laughs> Wednesday, you're looking good today. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho. I love right. it. Okay. I love it. So, yeah. None of the weird sugar-free stuff. Moral sure. of the story. Yeah. Probably the whole episode. Yeah. I Eat think the we calories. Can, we can just chalk sugar. it down to stop getting sugar-free candy. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There should be a petition. Let's just stop having it being made. I mean, because you're <laughs> jacking at people's lives in their pants. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough on the GI tract. It's hard. It is. Long term. For we need sure. to get a PSA out there. Yep. We just run. <laughs> we'll write it. All right. All right well, I love it. Thanks for coming down to hang out oh, with us. Thanks for having me on. I really honestly, great. and I feel bad because Ryan and I didn't communicate as well as I would have liked probably, oh. but I thought we were dialing in. So when I walked in, I was shocked ah. to see you sitting here. It was nice to put a name <laughs> yeah. in the face. I mean, seriously. I mean, he gave me the, anywho, so. In the flesh. In the flesh. In the flesh. Great close. All right. Thanks All right. For see you later. By eating too much candy Sugar, it ain't a pager It's a pump But when I'm jonesing It comes in handy Tell me, sugar mama What's your A1C? Are you into endocrinology? Pricker is a pricker And the pumping is pumping Beats like Wilford Brimley keep coming But, officer, I ain't been drinking My blood sugar is low Bolo some insulin To get it all in, you know I'm counting carbs and my calories burning. Pricker to the finger to deliver the prick. You know what I've heard people enjoy even more than pumpkin spice lattes? iTunes review! I got it this time. Your little weird jokes. Yeah, a local, organically crafted iTunes review (laughs) is exactly what we need. We don't know if this is local, but. I don't know if we did unless you paid your grandma. It's been a while since we've had to throw out some cash. Yeah, it's been a long time since we paid somebody. But I love this review. It's by Lark2727. It's five stars. The title of the review is fun, helpful, and doesn't st- and doesn't spike my glucose level. Are you sure we haven't read this one? Yes. Okay. <laughs> We're going to have to start writing this down. If you hear repeated Remember, podcast. I, I read these read? to you even before. Okay, maybe that's why. I always feel like this sounds familiar. Okay. Yeah. Yes. It's because you probably read it yourself. Because you refresh these every day. I, so they're important to us. They are, right. people. Let's get to Lark's review. Thanks, Amber and Ryan, for putting out a podcast about diabetes. I've been binge listening since I just discovered it, and it hasn't even spiked my blood sugar. I like that it's informative and motivational, and also just simply real. I appreciate that at times you and your guests help me try to be a better diabetic, and at times you just put a voice to some of the frustration that I often try to keep silent within myself. Mm. Thanks again. Type 1 for 27 years. Lark. He gets it. That's awesome. I love it. Thank you so much. That's our goal. We try to get at that frustration that goes underneath the surface for most of us, for most of our lives. 
So, Lark, if you want to send us a an email to info at diabetesdailygrind.com, um, your name, your address, and your T-shirt size, we'll throw a T-shirt in the mail when we do our next round. For those of you who are listening who know that you have won, we haven't forgotten you. Mm-hmm. We just we try to do this like every couple months. <laughs> And if you also feel like you dropped an iTunes review and you haven't been recognized in the past, or you felt like maybe you missed an episode and it might have been you, hit us up. We'll send it to you anyway. So info at diabetesdayground.com. Sounds good. With that, we got to say we love the the likes, the the loves, and all the listens. If you'd like to join our movement, um, we're available on any social media. We are not having a movement. Diabetes Grind. (laughs) Depends on how you define a movement. (laughs) Okay, sorry. It two people. Depends on what kind of movement you're talking yeah, about, okay. I guess, or whatever. All right. Christina Crowder, thanks for joining our show. Yeah. Had a great time. Glad you could make it, too. After Me? After work, Amber. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You also. And, uh, <laughs> we, we love doing this, people. We love it. We love it. We love hearing from you, and so thanks for listening. <laughs> like, I, I, we, we just reached 55,000 downloads, and, like, I shed tears. We are these people. So keep, keep listening. There's <laughs> my little heart. But if you listen to this end, you are diehard. Uh, thank you for listening to the end of the episode. That's a wrap. And to that, we'll say cheers. Cheers to the highs and lows. What do you call it? Is it diabetes or diabetes? Let's see. The grind is grinding you down. Always having to check to see if your level is up or down. What you have for dinner, what you have for lunch. Did you have too many or not enough? Getting all of the levels of shoot up, shoot up, shoot up, shoot up, shoot up, shoot up, and I'm alive. Yes, I'm alive. One minor inconvenience, a little thing. It's a daily grind, it's a daily grind, it's a daily grind, and it grinds and grinds.